Hello and welcome to the Tech Authority Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Brown, and today we're going to be talking about the new phones that have just been released last week by Apple and Samsung and figuring out why you should spend a lot of money to upgrade your device. And we're going to talk about gaming consoles as well, specifically the Microsoft Xbox One X, which is great. We're going to talk about the the pricing between them as well, and why I prefer to buy an Xbox than a new phone at the moment. So let's get into it, shall we? As you know, Apple just released a whole bunch of new devices when they had their big global conference when they talk about all the things that they've been working on for the past year. We've got two new phones. We've got the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X. There's a new Apple Watch and a new Apple TV, which is in 4K, which is pretty cool. But is it worth upgrading to the new version? Obviously, with the new version of the phone, we've also got a new operating system, iOS 11. I don't know what is different about the two, why I should upgrade. Now, it's important to figure out why you need it. I mean, if you're just going to make phone calls and receive phone calls, then what's the point of spending $1,500 to get a new phone when you can do that with your current phone? I don't see any reason to upgrade, not for that. Uh, maybe you want a bit more performance out of your phone. Maybe your phone lacks a little bit of performance. Maybe you've had your phone for such a long time that it's due for an upgrade. Let's have a look at the specs. On the iPhone 8, we've got a new size. We've got 4.7, which is probably like your regular iPhone 5 size. And then you've got 5.5 inch as well, which is pretty big. Now, my Windows phone is 5.5 inch, and it struggles to fit into my pocket. I can only imagine that people are going to be like, wow, that's just way too big. I've got more stuff on my display, which is fantastic, but do I need it? Uh, you got 1920 by 1080p resolution, which is pretty good for a phone. That's actually not bad at all. Uh, that's on the 5.5 inch display. On the 4.7 inch, 4.7 inch display, it's 1334 by 750 pixels for resolution. That's not bad. That's okay. You'll get a decent display. Uh, it's true tone display, wide color display, 3D touch, dual domain pixels for wide viewing angles, fingerprint resistance, which is good, I guess. Uh, support for multiple languages and characters simultaneously, display zoom, reachability, and a whole bunch of other things. It's water-resistant, which is good, because, you know, if you drop it into a pond or into a pool or at the beach, why are you swimming with your phone in the pocket anyway? Uh... <laughs> It's got a new processor, the A11 chip, which is 64-bit, for both phones. It's got a new camera, 12 megapixel. That's not bad. Digital zoom up to five times. Uh, that's all right. 
uh, both wide angle and telephoto on a phone. Interesting. Uh, let's see. It's got auto HDR, auto image stabilization, burst mode, timer mode, photo geotagging, which is a good thing to have, especially if you're traveling overseas and you want to tag where you are. You can import that photo into Photoshop and then uh, know exactly where you were when you took that photo. It has 4K video recording, 24 frames per second, 30 frames per second, or 60 and 1080p for HD video recording at 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second. Not bad at all. Uh, it's got FaceTime HD camera, 7 megapixel camera for the front. That's pretty cool. Touch ID, Apple Pay, and a whole bunch of other carriers that it supports, and cellular versions as well. So you're going to have a pretty good range with this phone. So if you're traveling overseas, you're going to have a lot of providers supporting it. It doesn't matter where you go. You should be able to do everything that you want it to do. However, let's have a look at the iPhone X. This is the second phone, the biggest phone that Apple has provided so far. It is a 5.8 inch display, which is massive. That is huge for a phone. It's almost the size of a small tablet. Probably something similar to match against the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of new features as well. Super Retina HD display... Uh, 2,436 by 1125 pixel resolution. That's a pretty big display uh, for a phone. True tone display, wide color display, 3D touch, fingerprint resistance coating. It's water resistant, dust resistant. It's got the A11 chip in it as well, which is also 64 bits. It has the same camera as the iPhone 8 and the same options for video recording as well. It's got a 7 megapixel camera for the front. That's not bad. It has Face ID, so it's got facial recognition, which is an interesting feature for a phone. Now, I think the reason why they want to have this is so that nobody can open the phone up apart from your face. So if the camera recognizes you, then it will only open for that person. Great idea, in theory. But what if you change your hairstyle? What if you wear a hat? Does it still recognize you? Um, those things are kind of interesting. Nobody can steal your face, but what if they put a photo of your face up? Can they still get into your phone? Potentially. It's an interesting concept. It's got Apple Pay and a whole bunch of other features as well. But for the main thing, it's a phone. It can make and receive phone calls. Because that's what it's supposed to do. Uh, it's a pretty big phone. It's got uh, an extra two hours battery power. Two hours? Than the, more than the iPhone 7? So in total, talk time up to 21 hours. Internet use, 12 hours. Video playback, 13 hours. Audio, 60 hours. So that's good. If you like to listen to a lot of music, that's pretty good. 
But if you're listening to something like um, Spotify or Apple Music, it's obviously going to use a lot of battery because it's on the internet at the same time while you're listening to music. It's also got the new iOS 11. It's got quite a lot of features, including voiceover, zoom, magnifier, software TTY, Siri and dictation type to Siri, switch control, closed captions, assistive assistive touch, and a speak screen. And it's got a bunch of built-in apps. Now, I'm not really excited by the iPhone. In fact, I don't know what they do, but it seems to be like every time they release a new version, especially since they've had no Steve Jobs there for a few years now, because he's dead, um, it's just not exciting. And maybe because they're losing their touch a little bit, maybe because uh, Samsung had kind of gained a little bit of ground with the Android phones that they're building. Uh, But here's a new thing. Why would you buy one for 1500 bucks in Australian dollars? I mean, it would be better if you imported it. You're going to save about $300, which is good. Uh, I recommend if you are going to do that, go have a look at bnhphoto.com and uh, you'll get some good prices there. And they ship it quicker than Australia Post, which is fantastic. Uh, The Apple Watch is out. You can actually make and receive phone calls from uh, your watch. You can even send text from your watch. It's such a small screen. Why would you want to do that when you've got a phone in your pocket that you can pull out and type? Or even dictate to, which is a cool thing. Uh, You can stream music from your wrist. Awesome. Uh, you can ask Siri to set a reminder, send an invitation, or give directions, all without your phone. I don't know if that's a handy thing or not. Potentially it is. You can leave your phone at home and still get alerts from your favorite apps. What happens if it loses touch with the phone, with Bluetooth or whatever? How is it going to communicate there? That makes an interesting thing make a little interesting statement from Apple with the watch the series 3 watch there's also the television from Apple which is in 4k now it has a whole bunch of different features it's a TV box basically it plugs into your TV via HDMI and connects to Wi-Fi or Ethernet which is good. You want to be able to connect it up via Ethernet if you can, because you'll get a better uh, reception that way. And it'll have direct connection to your router or to your modem. Uh, it's got gigabit Ethernet, so it'll be quick if you've got quick Ethernet, uh, quick internet. It's got the A10X processor, which is 64 bits. Uh, You need an iTunes account to make it operate. It works with all video formats, all the way up to 60 frames per second, and 2160p. So if you've got a good TV that can display that, you'll be all good. Uh, It's got a whole bunch of audio formats, 
photo formats compatibility with HD and UHD TVs with HDMI. It's also compatible with Bluetooth keyboards. Interesting. So you can type on your TV as well. Uh, that's a good thing to have. It's got a whole bunch of accessibility options. VoiceOver, Zoom, Increase Contrast, Reduce Motion, Closed Caption and SDH Support, Audio Descriptions, Siri and Dictation and Switch Control. Uh, so in the box you get the Apple TV, which is in 4K, a Siri remote, a power cord, a lightning to USB cable and some documentation. Now, that sounds more reasonable for a TV box. Now, the Apple TV, I don't know how much it is, but I don't think it's going to be that expensive. Compared to their phone, it should be a lot cheaper. Uh, let's just have a look. So it's $179 in Australian dollars, which is not bad. Uh, we've also got the Samsung Galaxy Note. Now, the key thing with this one is that this is the, the new model, compared to the Galaxy Note 7, which never really went anywhere. In fact, it went back to the manufacturer to figure out what went wrong with the actual batteries because they caught fire. So the key question is, what's the difference between the Note 7 and the Note 8? And have they actually managed to fix the problem with the batteries exploding? Because that was not a good thing to have. Uh, it's got a 6.3-inch screen. It also comes with a pen. So this is like a phone and a tablet mixed together. Quite different. It's got uh, two colours, midnight black or maple gold. It's got a pen, which I just said about. Uh, so you can write on your phone, write it on it like a tablet. Uh, it's got uh, a camera, two cameras, dual pixel sensor, and f-stop at 1.7 I don't know if that's a good thing probably uh, for low light for taking photos it's good uh, it has 6 gig of RAM and uh, a decent processor it's not really anything exciting it's got smart switch this one's also probably got the capability to do a whole bunch of VR stuff as well. So you've got the Samsung DeX, the Bixby, Gear VR, and Gear 360. So if you wanted to do VR on your phone, you could do that as well. Uh, it's got the smart switch, so it makes it easy for you to plug in different devices and transfer from one device to the next. Um, but it's not really exciting me at the moment. I don't think it's going to have much of a following from the Android people, who, whoever you like, whether you like the Apple or the Android products. Um, yeah, it's, if it's your thing, great. If it's not, well, you're probably kind of in the same thing that I'm thinking at the moment. Why would you spend money to upgrade to one? Now, the Samsung is probably a little bit cheaper I'm not seeing the actual price at the moment come up here on screen, so I don't know how much cheaper it is. But I can tell you what is a lot cheaper. The Microsoft Xbox One X. In fact, it's less than half the price of an iPhone. And for me, 
I can use the Xbox as a voiceover IP device and still use it as a phone. It has the capability for Cortana. It has the capability for uh, Skype, which is good. Uh, you can install apps like Netflix and a whole bunch of other things, Foxtel Play, Plex, if you wanted to set up your Xbox like that as well, uh, for all your videos and storage like that. You can plug in extra storage. So if you run out, you can buy a new hard disk and stick some extra storage on there. And you can play really good, high-quality games on the Xbox. So here's what I'm thinking. Ditch the iPhone, ditch the Samsung, and buy an Xbox. Now, I've already ordered mine. Uh, but the difference in capability with this, this has a full version of Windows 10 already sitting on the Xbox. Think about that. It's the same version as what's on a PC and a laptop. And a phone. Windows phone. Windows 10 mobile is the exact same operating system as what's sitting on the Xbox. Says a lot. One operating system to rule them all. Uh, now, this Xbox One X was the Project Scorpio uh, gaming that uh, device that Microsoft was creating. Now they've done a huge amount of stuff to this. This thing is liquid cooled. It has a forty percent increase in power, but isn't a forty forty percent increase on the actual size. In fact, it's the smallest console Microsoft have ever made. Uh, it's got six teraflops of graphics power, 320 gigabits per second of memory bandwidth, and that's pretty bloody powerful. That's more powerful than what I have in my machine currently for my PC. It has uh, an 8 gig flash memory, 1 terabyte storage, which is all uh, solid state hard disk. 12 gig of RAM for the video card it allows you to play 4K UHD Blu-ray optical drive, uh, HDMI out, HDR10 support, Dolby DTS and PCM audio components, dual-band wireless Wi-Fi. It has an IR blaster to send and receive signals from a remote control. It's got a power port, two HDMI ports, uh, USB 3, three ports of those, uh, infrared outs and an optical outs and an Ethernet port as well. Uh, I'd be going with the Xbox. Ditch the phone and buy an Xbox. That's what I think. Thank you very much for listening. I hope this was interesting for you. Uh, I've probably been a little bit more sarcastic in this episode. Maybe that'll continue in the next one. Who knows? But thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at aussieit.solutions or takeauthority.org. It'll basically redirect you um, to the same page. If you have any queries and you want a question answered, you can always email podcast at techauthority.org and we'll answer your question on the next episode. Thank you very much for listening in and we'll be back next week. Bye for now.